I love drugs. I love them like they were almost a real person, but they took me on a journey that nearly destroyed my life. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Today, we're going to talk about how drug addiction has a romanticism about it, where people literally fall in love with the substance that they're addicted to, almost like it's a person or a being, and that God can deliver someone from this unhealthy love affair with a substance. With us, we will have Joshua Zatkoff, who describes his drug addiction like it was a love affair that would bring him comfort from all the pain of his past. Joshua got addicted to heroin and it almost wrecked his future, but faith in God gave him the power to get true deliverance. Joshua, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you doing? Glad to be here. Joshua, it is so good to have you on our show. And what I love about you is that you love God and you've discovered Him. But I understand you had this inordinate desire for drugs that nearly destroyed your life. What kind of person were you when you were younger before you got into that? Were you like a happy child or more of a depressed child? So when I was younger, I would say that I had a lot of anger and misunderstanding of emotions as a younger child. And so I didn't know how to manage my emotions. Mm. I was happy to a certain degree, but around 12 years old, I think I started to develop some serious depression that I didn't understand or view as depression at that time. Wow. Now, I understand when you were younger, you were always trying to find something to do to escape from your own head or basically the depression. And you found that in sports. Tell us about that. Yeah, I started, you know, playing sports like a lot of kids around the neighborhood and things like that. But I started doing leagues. I think even as young as like five or six, I started playing soccer, started playing football about eight. And so growing up, that was definitely my number one escape. And that was also my first love was playing sports. And so, I, you know, I played sports very competitively mm. for most of my childhood and my early, you know, mid-teenage years. So you were consumed in sports. So everything seemed to be going good in your life. But then... I understand you got into drugs later. What was the first drug you were introduced to? Tell us about your first experience. So the first drug I got introduced to was marijuana. I was 12 years old. It was around the same time that depression was really starting to hit me. And so through a mutual friend, I had access to marijuana. The first time that I tried it, it was as if it was the missing puzzle piece to all my issues. I felt like it completed me as a person. I felt like I was the best version of myself. And so I immediately fell in love with the effects of that. Wow. I understand that this became an addiction to marijuana. Now, why would you say you got addicted? Even though some groups herald that marijuana is harmless and not addictive, despite doctors confirming that marijuana is addictive, what was your experience? My experience was that it wasn't physically addictive, but it was extremely mentally addictive because it gave me the mm. you know, results that I was looking for as far as a feeling of fulfilling me, giving me a false sense of peace or a sense of peace mm. at that time, actually. But I became addicted to what it was giving me and feeding me 
So when I didn't have it, I felt like I was missing a part of myself. Wow. Now, Joshua, with the marijuana, did you kind of get excited? Almost like, you know, you fell in love with it, like it was a person? Yes, absolutely. I think that especially in the first few years, because it was giving me such a positive emotional feeling and connection to the people and things around me. I remember like if I knew I was about to smoke, for example, on the way to school, I would ride with this one friend and we'd smoke every morning. And as soon as I would smell the blunt and the smoke, as soon as he would light it, I remember getting this like, you know, my palms sweating and kind of just this tingling feeling in myself, like this excitement, Mm. like, oh, I'm about to get high. And so it was definitely romanticized. Wow. Now, I understand eventually the marijuana use led you to be open to using other drugs. What other drugs really caused this romanticism to happen all over again, like you experienced with marijuana? So I had experimented with like cough syrup and, you know, I had experimented with alcohol and there were things that I didn't care for. But the next one that really grabbed my attention was mushrooms. Mushrooms. Specifically mushrooms. Mm, What did the mushrooms do? Like, I understand it gave you some type of different understandings about your life. Yeah, I think they opened me up to a part of myself I had never really discovered before. And it gave me a whole new worldview. It completely flipped my worldview upside down. I guess it awakened a sense of like the spiritual side of life. Hmm. And so it started to stir up all these questions about reality, the spiritual world. And it started introducing me to deep thoughts that I never really had before. And so I just became intrigued with that, you know? Wow. So you were kind of like having these lessons through your mushroom experiences? Yes, I think it was definitely challenging myself in the sense of how I behaved. And one you know, good example of that is I'd feel guilty about how I treated my parents or I would feel guilty about what type of person I was. And so oh. it actually caused me to want to be a better person at first. And it started making me question why I was doing things and how I could do things better. And it brought me to this answer of like the answer to everything is love. Mm. And so that was the biggest thing it had introduced me to was that revelation. What you're describing, would you say that drug use was a spiritual experience? Absolutely. Because it had given me this idea of everything being one. It made me feel like I was connected to nature. It made me feel like I was connected to everybody around me. Mm. It made me feel like there was more to myself than, you know, just this fleshly body that I always assumed there was. You know, I thought there was nothing more to life, but it took everything deeper. And and essentially, it blasted this idea that there's definitely some type of God or creator. And I felt like I was connected to whatever that was at the time that I thought. So you were basically believing that there was some type of creator. Like at first, you didn't really believe that there was a God. But then suddenly you were almost like open to connecting to something spiritual, something higher than yourself. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't know if I would say that I identified it as God at that time, but it was Mm. definitely a higher power, a source of power that was greater than myself. Interesting. Now, I understand that these mushrooms would project you almost into this alternate reality. Describe that a little bit. So the first thing is that you would have a very euphoric mindset. So my mind, my thinking, my mind state would become very euphoric. I would hyper-focus on certain things. I would take things and dissect them deeper and deeper and deeper and go down these rabbit holes of thought. Mm. But also it introduced, you know, visuals. Colors were heightened. All five of my senses seemed like they were, you know, almost like spidey senses or something. I felt just more alive and the world around me, you know, colors were brighter. Things would move. Everything was just more alive. Interesting. 
You know, Joshua, let's stop there because I understand this later developed into a heavier drug addiction to heroin. Joshua, thanks so much for revealing the truth of your experience with these substances. And I'm praying that someone learns the dangers, but also hear how you got set free on our next few shows. See you again on the next show. All right. Thank you. Hold on. Let's break down some thoughts I have on what you just heard right after the break. Hey, everyone. As an evangelist, I'm really into changing people's lives with a powerful message of the cross. Do you know people are getting set free from drugs, addictions, and internal anguish by the power of the Holy Spirit working through our show? Will you ask the Holy Spirit if He wants you to partner with us financially? Every donation will help us to reach 1 million more people. Think of it. 30 people giving $100 a month will bring this show in front of 1 million more people. Will you help me to get to one more city in the U.S.? You can give by going to awakenthenations.com. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877-480-4477. More Real Life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? Maybe you're wondering, how can someone fall in love with an inanimate object like someone falling in love with a real person? Can this really happen? Well, this happened in Joshua's life. He fell in love with the drugs and this thing was not alive. It's an object, but it was giving him an experience that he was lacking in his life. And as I'm listening to Joshua's story, I can understand how he literally fell in love with his drugs. Because drugs, though not alive, has that draw and pull on a person's soul. Before we just condemn Joshua or other drug users, think about this. Have you ever fell in love with something that wasn't alive? Where you loved a thing like you would love a person? This exists, you know. Ancient writings in the Holy Bible talks about this sort of thing all the time. The Bible calls our affections for anything that is inanimate and idle. This has existed since the beginning of the fall of man, where man's affections moved away from God and started seeking self-fulfillment. It's written in Psalms 135, 15-18. The idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. Eyes they have, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear nor is there any breath in their mouths. Those who make them are like them. So is everyone who trusts in them. The idea of making something, then loving it, it's not a new concept. This is an age-old concept. You know why? Because we were all created to fall in love and adore a true, holy God. And all of us are looking to express that emotion and that spiritual need somewhere. We're trying to devote ourselves to something. Let me explain. Look at Joshua's life, how he first fell in love with sports. Then that wasn't enough. Then he was introduced to marijuana. And how? Because he was looking for something to love, something to fulfill him. Marijuana became that thing that fulfilled him. I mean, he began to romanticize about the experience before he even smoked. But if we were truly made to be filled with marijuana or whatever, then it would have stopped there. But like many others, the marijuana gave lead to other drugs. And Joshua started using mushrooms. The marijuana wasn't enough because only God is created to fill that portion of our lives. And that's same with everything. And it's no wonder why in the Bible it says in Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 through 5, 
You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. You see, we were created to know God. And anything else we try to put in that, it's not going to fit. It's not going to be enough. And we're always going to need more to finally feel somewhat fulfilled, but you're never going to feel fulfilled without God. And I'm sensing right now, the Holy Spirit is speaking to someone and you're like, it's not drugs, but it's something. There's something else that's gripping your heart and it's not God. And you're sitting there, you're wondering, why am I not fulfilled? Why am I always feeling so empty? You need God. Lord Jesus, we come to you. We are realizing in this moment that there's nothing on this earth that can truly satisfy us like you. So for the person who's never put you into that part in their lives, we take a moment to redirect that affection, redirect that love towards you. But first of all, we need to know that you loved us first and Jesus, you died for us. So we receive you, we believe in you, and we love you back in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony and I know that your life was touched. If you have a testimony to share or know someone who does and would like to share it on our show, go to AwakeningTheNations.com and click Guest Audition on the top menu. See you next time.